Welcome back to Damn Good Movie Memories. I'm your host, Brian Davis. For this week, we get a little romantic. Well, not really. We're just going to talk about movies that have a romance vibe because it's almost Valentine's Day. So we try to stick with the themes of the time that's going on, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But this week, it's going to work, so we'll, we'll find out what happens. Now, this week was really difficult for me because I had a ton of romantic movies that I'm actually very fond of, well over 20. So I had to whittle it down to my top 10, and that's what I'm going to tell you about right now. Okay, originally, I was going to go with a top 10 list, and I forgot a movie that I just have to put in. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to make it a top 11 list. Sue me. Anyway, number 11 is Secret Admirer from 1985. Now, this is a really fun teen romantic comedy from the 1980s starring C. Thomas Howell, Laurie Laughlin, Kelly Preston, and Fred Ward. Now, as a kid, I always had a major crush on Laughlin, so it's no wonder that I enjoyed this movie growing up. The plot is really nothing new. The boy, played by Howell, is obsessed with the popular girl, played by Kelly Preston, and the popular b- girl can't be bothered. However, the lifelong friend of the boy, Laughlin, of, of, is in love with him, and of course, he has no clue. However, the funny circumstances of how the movie plays out is really what makes this movie entertaining to watch. Plus, it's the 80s. How can you possibly go wrong? All right, so number 10 on my list for favorite romantic movies is Murphy's Romance. It's in the title, How Can I Not Pick It? But it's from 1985, and it's a cute romantic comedy starring Sally Field and James Garner. Both are stellar actors, and they're good in everything they're in. Also, a young Corey Haim plays Sally Field's son. The story is centered on Emma, that's Sally Field, who is a single mom who moves to a small town in Arizona. Her ambition is to start a, a business raising horses. She meets Murphy, played by James Garner, who is a widower who, who runs the town's small drugstore and is about twice the age as Emma. However, the two de- develop a bond, but things get complicated when Emma's ex-husband shows up to town. It's movies like this that you know really aren't made anymore. They're just There's no action. There's no uh, explosions. It's just a good story uh, with top-notch actors. So if you haven't seen it and you're in that romantic mood, I definitely recommend you check it out. Number nine is Fever Pitch from 2005. Now, Fever Pitch is a romantic comedy starring Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. Now, I love baseball and I'm a sucker for Drew Barrymore movies. And this seemed like a home run, pun intended, for me. Actually, it was a cool way to create a romantic comedy that can be enjoyed by both females and males. My favorite scenes weren't necessarily the action from the baseball games, but the charm of Barrymore trying to figure out why Jimmy Fallon loves his beloved Red Sox so much. Any sports fan trying to express why they have this a blind allegiance to a sports team will understand this sentiment. The other cool part about this is it was right around the time when the Red Sox finally broke their... Uh, very long drought of winning World Series, and which I believe was in 2004. This came out in 2005. Um, so it was kind of cool to see that. But, you know, if, if you played fantasy f- baseball or fantasy sports and trying to explain why you keep track of stats, even though you don't actually own the players, to someone who, you know, doesn't follow sports, it, it, it's a movie that I think everyone can understand. Is this
Number eight is Defending Your Wife from 1991. Now, Defending Your Wife is a wonderful romantic comedy starring Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. And a lot of folks haven't seen this movie as it just sort of slipped under the radar for many moviegoers. But let's face it, anything with Meryl Streep and Albert Brooks is usually excellent and this movie is no different. Defending Your Wife gives a fresh and funny perspective about the afterlife. Albert Brooks plays an advertising exec who was killed in a car accident on his 40th birthday. Brooks ends up in Judgment City, which looks a lot like Earth, but way better. You can eat whatever you want and never gain weight. You can engage in your favorite activities, you know, kind of like heaven. However, you only get to enjoy Judgment City while waiting for your trial in which you defend your life on Earth. During his trial, Brooks meets Meryl Streep and begins a relationship with her, which, of course, complicates his case. Again, this movie is seriously underrated, and if you haven't seen it, you will not be disappointed. That's the power of love. Number seven is Pretty in Pink from 1986. And if I recall correctly, I believe Pretty in Pink was the first Brat Pack movie that I saw from the 80s. I think my mom rented this first and then eventually let me watch it. The funny part is that even at a young age, I didn't really want Molly Ringwald to end up with Ducky, who was played by John Cryer. Ducky was likable, but a bit much. So even though Blaine, played by Andrew McCarthy, was sort of vanilla, the ending didn't bother me. Especially considering Ducky ended up with Christy Swanson at the end. Are you kidding? I'm taking Christy over Molly any day. Sorry, Molly fans. Anyway, Ducky should actually probably end up with Annie Potts, who played the record store cashier. Oh, never mind. Anyway, I can't leave out the perennial 80s villain, James Spader, who was amazing as the upper-class douchebag named Steph. Now, really, with a name like Steph, it's a requirement to be an asshole. No, nobody could have played the role any better than Spader. Shot through the heart, and you're too late, darling. You give love a bad name. Number six is The Shop Around the Corner from 1940. The first time I saw The Shop Around the Corner was at the wonderful Stanford Theater in Palo Alto, California. For some reason, I just never got around to seeing it before then. But in a way, I'm kind of glad that I experienced it in the movie theater than anywhere else. The Shop Around the Corner is a fabulous romantic comedy starring James Stewart, Margaret Sullivan, and Frank Morgan, who is best known as the Almighty Oz. The chemistry between Stewart and Sullivan is terrific, and as a viewer, you are constantly pulling for them the entire movie to get together. You know a movie is good when you get emotionally involved. The Shop Around the Corner was also loosely remade in 1998 as You've Got Mail, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And as a nod to the original movie... Uh, Meg Ryan's character owned a bookstore called The Shop Around the Corner. I wanna know what love is. I want you to show me. I wanna feel what love is. I know you can show me. Number five is Sabrina from 1954. Now, Sabrina is a terrific romantic comedy from director Billy Wilder. The cast is stellar with the stunningly beautiful Audrey Hepburn. You also have Humphrey Bogart and William Holden. Now, the Linus character is played by Bogart and is different than most of his past roles where he plays a hard-edged detective or a gangster. 
And I believe his performance in The African Queen kind of opened up the door for more very roles for Bogey. Supposedly, Cary Grant was considered for the role as Linus, but declined, and Bogart took the role, which led to friction on the set as Bogart was not pleased about being not, not being the first choice for Linus. In any case, this is a classic. This is the one to see. It was remade with Harrison Ford, but really, how can you go wrong with Audrey Hepburn, Humphrey Bogart, and William Holden? Number four is Cousins from 1989. Now, most people have never seen this movie. Well, they've probably seen it, but they just forget about it. It's kind of like Defending Your Life. But Cousins is terrific, and it's really underrated, and it stars Ted Danson, Isabella Rossellini, Sean Young, William Peterson, Keith Coogan, and Lloyd Bridges. Bridges, in particular, steals the show as Ted Danson's feisty father. And I remember my mom really liking this movie a lot when I was a kid. And Rosalini, as you might know, is the daughter of Ingrid Bergman. The movie title comes from Larry, played by Tez, Ted Danson, and Maria, Isabella Rosalini, meet for the first time at a family wedding. The two become cousins-in-law since Maria's mother is marrying Larry's uncle. Both of them are married to other people, but not really happy in their marriages. Larry to Tish, played by Sean Young, and Maria to Tom, played by William Peterson. You can probably figure out what happens next. While the plot may seem predictable, the movie is wonderful and fun to watch at any time. This one goes out to the one I love. This one goes out to the one I've left behind. A simple prop to occupy my time. This one goes out to Number three for my favorite romantic movies is The Wedding Singer from 1998. Now, I've always enjoyed Adam Sandler movies. They're part of my guilty pleasure. And yeah, they can be juvenile and somewhat predictable. But then again, so am I. So whatever. The Wedding Singer is great due to the chemistry between Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Their on-screen chemistry kind of reminds me of a William Powell and Myrna Loy or Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn or Tom Hanks and Med Ryan. The other reason I love The Wedding Singer is because it takes place in the 80s. And you already know that I love the 1980s. You get to see the horrible fashion, the awesome music, and the ridiculousness that is the 1980s. And of course, any movie with Steve Buscemi is worth watching. Number two is Some Kind of Wonderful from 1987. Now, this is another great movie from the 80s written by John Hughes. Some Kind of Wonderful is one of those movies that get lost in the mix when discussing great teen movies from the 1980s. The story itself isn't anything new. Boy likes popular girl. Popular girl can't be bothered. Non-popular girl really likes boy. Boy only thinks of her as a buddy. However, the ending should appease those that were upset by the ending in Pretty in Pink. 
Mary Studer Masterson is great as the tomboy friend of Eric Stoltz. And as much as I like Leah Thompson, I don't think her character really offered that much. She's attractive, but I had more of a thing for Masterson. It must be because she played drums in the movie. Where were all the pixie cut girls that played drums when I went to school? You made it all the way to the end. So the number one movie for me, my favorite romantic movies, is Casablanca from 1942. Now, Casablanca is often mentioned as the greatest movie of all time, and it's really hard to dispute. The story is excellent, the acting is amazing, and there are countless scenes and lines that are memorable. I saw Casablanca as a kid, but didn't fully appreciate how great the movie was until I watched it again in a film class in college. Now, everyone in the cast is top-notch, from the main stars to the supporting cast. Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman are as good as it gets, and they often get most of the praise, which is completely fair. Their love story and their, their connection is just perfect. However, what makes the movie a classic are the performances from Claude Rains, Sidney Greenstreet, Peter Lorre, and Paul Henry. I think it's Henry. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all four actors have memorable scenes, and the movie wouldn't be the same without them. However, the most misquoted line from Casablanca is, play it again, Sam. The actual quote from the movie is, play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Amazingly, the iconic final quote, Louie, I think this is going the beginning of a beautiful friendship, was written after the film was completed. Bogart had to go back and dub in that famous line, which is crazy. All right, I hope you enjoyed my top 11 list. And... You're going to hear all the other romantic movies, so get ready, make your list. You're going to be watching these on Valentine's Day, because nothing is better than the gift of a podcast. Forget flowers. Okay, so we're back with Sarah, and we're going to do one of her favorite subjects, and that's romantic romantic movies. We're not doing romantic comedies, just romance in general. I'd be out of the seat so fast. That's right. So any romance movie. Okay, romance movies... (laughs) <laughs> make me want to gag I don't it's just because they're so just not real but then I guess all movies are not real completely so right um, so I'd have to say and this one is actually very romantic but there's just a lot of other twists and it's, yeah. it's true romance yeah it's even in the title mm-hmm. it that has like some of the best like one liners in it and well everybody who's seen it remembers um, uh, Christopher Walken's, I love him. He's so good in that movie. Dude, he's yeah. so good at being creepy, but you still are like, oh, I yeah. want to have dinner with him. I like him. He's <laughs> Is nice. Dennis Hopper in that movie? Still? Yes, yeah, he's yeah. the dad that yeah. or like that gets beat up by, yes. yeah. And then just the whole, he, you know, you realize, oh, he's like schizo. Mm-hmm. And Elvis, and I still say that to people, well, does Elvis talk to you? <laughs> are you a little off in your head? So, um, yeah, and James Gandolfini's in that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just love like, the whole it's just very cluttery and every looks like everybody needs a shower and yeah well that's know. when they thought christian slater was gonna be the next next jack nicholson like he was right. just kind of on that trajectory With his, yeah and then what happened i don't know he just i don't know if he just chose pump bad up the volume roles. and then it was, <laughs> that was it. Oh, i think true romance was it was it after pump up i don't know I'd have to that's look. one of those if you ever see the dvd anywhere you better buy it yeah i don't care where you are yeah um oh 
Oh, and Gary Oldman, and I love him, and that. Oh yeah. my God, it must be. Was it? Will look like White Boy Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's when he's as he's eating that Chinese food. Yeah. He's like with his gold grill and stuff. I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna watch that today now. Yeah, I remember re- somebody watching that and going, "Is that fucking Gary Oldman?" And I was like, I'd seen him in Sid and Nancy, and maybe yeah. I was like, "This guy is brilliant." He is. He's and, so good. Yeah, he's awesome. So um, that was one. And yeah. then um, let's see, my favorite other romance. Oh, you know, I was thinking Romeo and Juliet because they die. It's very romantic. <laughs> that is true. Love. Right. And yeah. it's but and it's pure stupidity. It's yeah. like, dude, wait a while. Wait till the body is cold. That's probably where that term came from. Yeah. Before you drink the poison. Yeah. So uh, actually, the 90s version of Romeo and Juliet that had Leonardo DiCaprio in okay. it before he blew up. Yeah. Was really kind of, I'm sure it was hard for a lot of people to follow, but. Luckily, I made my way through, yeah. you know, AP English in high school, which <laughs> all you really know is to kind of, you know, be able to decode uh, yeah. Shakespeare. But uh, they didn't make you watch the, like the 1960s version. No, they made us read it okay. and well, then yeah. whatever. Cap- and it's yeah. funny. I actually felt pretty smart. Remember, <laughs> like going, oh, I know what's going on, and I know what he's saying. But like, it's, it was cool how they cast that, and then um, and everybody was young enough, yeah. that you didn't already have a preconceived notion about stuff. Right. So I just was looking at him going, "Oh, it's a retarded kid from Wednesday." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I avoid romantic movies like The Plague. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a couple other, you know, really morbid and dysfunctional ones that I'm like, "That's cute," because yeah. that's more realistic. Yeah. But this oh, one, yeah. War of the Roses. <laughs> oh my god! Did, did you ever see that? Of yeah. course, because. Oh my god. Uh, I love, our family absolutely love Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile, and that was kind right. of the next I know, movie. that's right, that's yeah. right. Was it supposed to be them, kind of? Was it I don't play know. on that? I don't, I don't, I think it was too dark, but you add Danny DeVito's in it, too, oh so God. it is kind of that He that is mix. always, he's so good at being just a, yeah, I, yeah. that was a, that, that was a great movie. Oh, that's a different day. Yeah. So, um. I'd always hope they'd be in more movies together. Right, yeah, what happened? Three. They should, you know what, have you seen Catherine Turner now? Mm. Yeah. I don't know, it's scary, Jessica Rabbit, you've yeah. kind of fallen from grace. <laughs> she could be. Well, she always had the deep voice, and now right. she is full on. Now she just looks a little more. Like a dude. And Gina Davis. Oh, Gina, yeah. Have you seen that? And Meg Ryan. We're Meg off, Ryan. Off on a t- that's she's a bad like, plastic surgery. Oh, my God. She looks like the Joker. Yeah. And that's sad. <laughs> it's too bad. Everyone will love Meg Ryan. I know. Speaking of romantic movies. Anyway, thank you, Sarah. All right. <laughs> Okay, so for this week's episode with Josephine, we're going to do romance movies, romantic movies, whatever you want to call it, and I know you have a huge list, mm-hmm. so let's let's get right let's into it. Let's dive in. Okay, yes. so I think probably the one that everyone's, am I being kind of presumptuous when I say everyone's going to choose, it's called In the Mood for Love. Can there be any, <laughs> any more romance? I don't know if I've seen that? this. What, what, what is it? What? Yeah, I, <laughs> have you heard of it? You have to have heard of it. You must have heard Who's of it. It's it? a crazy, um, so it's Tony Leung, okay. Maggie Chung. Wong Kar Wai is uh, the director. It's a Hong Kong movie. I have not seen it. Oh, my God. It's but on it Criterion. Makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. I'm glad you let off it's with it. It's called In the Mood for Love. Okay. Well, yes. then it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, is it a happy romantic comedy or is it a, or like, not a happy romance movie? Mm, it's like Beef Encounter. Okay. Yeah. So. 
Um, Not to give anything away, but yeah. (laughs) They're both pretty old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Friday night, I think maybe the first or second podcast Mm -hmm. um, when Celia was, I was sitting next Mm. to Celia and she mentioned a French movie and how not how it's sometimes they're not that romantic but mm-hmm. Friday night is very kind of sexy romantic it's these two strangers they're, they're stuck in traffic in Paris mm. and they see each other and have some tryst uh-huh. <laughs> and it's yeah it's not too much dialogue and, what yeah, uh, year did this one come out hmm, 90s okay somewhere in the 90s I think okay so yeah. it's better than nine and a half weeks <laughs> Was that a good movie? No. I mean, no. everyone remembers that it's Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke, and they're basically having sex the whole movie. But, yeah. yeah, I think, like, <laughs> I think some of these movies, like, they they're tr- they try so hard to be sexy. And they're not. And they're almost, I yeah. think I think someone mentioned Indecent Proposal. Yeah. It's got to be the most unsexiest. Yeah. trying so hard to be sexy. Yeah. And, and there's one you don't want to go on a date with or with anyone because you're <laughs> never really going to have that conversation with your significant other. Because so. it really, that movie ended up really being about a drama, like what happens after. Right. And like how Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore, they can't like, it. yeah, they can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth the money. Yeah. So next is another one from the 90s, mm-hmm. Truly Madly Deeply. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, heard of I have heard of awesome. that one, yes. Yeah. yeah, so I remember when it came out, it was billed as The Thinking Man's Ghost. Because I think yeah. it came out around the same <laughs> the thinking time. Thinking Man's Ghost, that's great. <laughs> I think it was actually on like the, the poster, the box mm. or something like that. Yeah, but I just think it's, yeah, I prefer it to ghosts. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I just, should we talk about it now? It's, 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 it's a ghost, sure. it's like ghost, everyone. Watch Ghost. Everyone's seen Ghost, If yeah. you've seen Ghost, yeah. You, yeah. Um, and I don't mind ghosts, by the way. It, it has its place, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, but I think just in terms of kind of like um, the acting. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's campy and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so same director, Anthony Minghella, mm-hmm. um, The English Patient. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I have issues. I have a love-hate thing with The English Patient mm-hmm. because I read the book, love the book. Anthony Minghella, no, sorry. Anthony Minghella is the director. Michael Andante is the writer. Writer, Sorry. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I love the book. I love the writing. I saw the movie. Love the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, a sweeping romance. Love Juliette Bonneau. She's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Kristen Scott Thomas. Love her. Um, and I rewatched it about a year or two ago, and I thought, what an asshole, right? <laughs> Ray Fine's character is... Really, that that type of guy that seems so romantic, but uh-huh. it's kind of exhausting. And so, spoiler, so, yeah, he kind of got Catherine and her husband killed, and himself killed. Yeah. And I mean, one minute he's like super into her, then he's aloof, mm-hmm. then he's super needy, then he's possessive, and it's like, no, come on. So that's that's I've always found this fascinating. So when you first saw it, you just were you in a different place in your life that. Well, yeah, it was, like, in the 90s. Yeah, so, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you're all younger, and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're younger, and you just think it's, oh, it's so sweeping, it's romantic, and he knows the desert, and he's calling, he's touching her throat, and he he thinks... 20 years ago, can you believe that movie? I know, it's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I I thought it was so romantic, and I think when it came out, people were comparing it to Lawrence of Arabia, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just love, like, I mean, the music, I Mm -hmm. still think of the music, um, when I'm suffering, <laughs> when I'm running and I, I can't yeah. take, I take it anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was so really beautiful. And, um, I mean, I'm, I find the relationship between Ray Fine's character and Juliette Binoche a lot more kind of touching than, right. than the one with him and Kristen Scott Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that's like kind of like the big romance of, of the movie, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's still a good movie, but uh, for romance, uh, I mean, but it is romantic, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
romanticizing. But it's still even though it's not as highly regarded as when you first saw it, you still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. It can stay on the list. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Good. Um, Enough said. Did you see that with um, Julie Louis Dreyfus and James Gandolfini? No, but I like both of them, so I I probably should see this. Oh, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's. I, God, I've seen that director other movies, but I what I really found great about it was Julia Louis Dreyfus's character. I mean, she played her so specifically. It's like you, I saw that character, and it's like I know someone like her, mm. and just like the way like her house is set up, you're like, oh, a real person lives there, as mm-hmm. opposed to like make kind of like sanitized yeah. and like kind of glossy and everything. But she and Jason Alfina were just so great, and Catherine Keener is in it. Mm. And, oh, and she's yeah. always good. Yeah. That's interesting because Julia Dreyfus really hasn't been in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Like she was maybe younger in her when she was younger, but mm-hmm. um, she's pretty much been TV for her. Yeah, which is interesting. yeah, yeah. Lot of and TV. actually, Gandolfini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. um, I think this was his first role where he's playing this, um, like a, a romantic guy. And non it, Tony Soprano. Non Tony Soprano, yeah. and it works. He's this really sweet guy. Yeah, he's like you know, he's, he's kind of sexy now, <laughs> and just. Since we mentioned James Gandolfini, yeah. I think he would, had a really small part in this other movie that I think is also—I could be wrong—another mm-hmm. Anthony Mangello movie, which is Mr. Wonderful. Do you see that? Oh no! With Annabelle Shore and Matt no. Damon. No, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Okay. Yeah, and that's one where Matt Dillon he wants to buy um, a bowling alley with his childhood friends, mm. but he has to keep paying his ex-wife alimony. Oh. So he's trying to set her up with someone. So she'll marry, get married, and he'll have to stop paying her alimony. Oh, okay. Of course, he's still in love with her. Right, of it's course. It's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cute movie. Um, in a Day, that one I discovered on Netflix. Okay. And it's this British movie where this woman, she's having a really shitty day, and mm-hmm. she meets this stranger who kind of knows her, and they just spend the day together, mm. and... I don't want to spoil that. Yeah. I would just watch it. Okay. It's, I, don't, I saw it with a girlfriend of mine. She was like, this is creepy. As a lot of romantic comedies are, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, are. If you yeah. did exactly what that character did, you'd be a creep. That's why it's you'd, a movie. You'd be violating boundaries left and right. You would. Yeah. But it's, you know. It's a movie, so it's, it's a movie. okay. You can get away with it <laughs> for the most part. That's the thing. I, maybe we should have a podcast just on movies you don't want to overthink too much. Mm. And uh, you know, because if you really get into this, like this would never happen. Sometimes you just have to go with it and be in the moment. It's it's funny when I mentioned um, Random Harvest, mm-hmm. I um, was looking it up at my on my library's um, cat- their online catalog, okay. mm-hmm. and they allow um, comments like ratings. Oh, okay. And the first rating at the at the top was this movie is so unrealistic; it can never happen. It was like, well, welcome to ninety nine percent of movies. Yeah, that's yeah. the. I want to get out of reality. That's why I'm going to the movies. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so next one is Sidewalls, which is, I think, from Argentina. Okay. And it's very cute, kind of quirky, mm-hmm. like a little bit twee. But it's one of those movies where these two people live really close together and yet they, they never meet. I think you and okay. Samantha Giordano should both be on at the same time. You both have eclectic tastes and, and movies. Yes. I will I will start stalking Samantha. See? Then. There yeah. you go. This podcast <laughs> brings people together. So. Um, next one is In the City of Sylvia. Okay. I, okay, wait. So since you're a movie buff, yeah. do you remember when they kind of resurrected um, at the movies? Oh, yeah. Favorite. Uh-huh. So they had, what was it, Ignashi Vishwadivita? I, I know you're talking Lemire. about. Yeah. I, I got this movie from them, and they oh, were okay. saying it's this kind of, uh, I guess if you like movies with a sensitive artist type who mm-hmm. just likes to sketch, and it's, yeah, it's, it's this kind of really romantic kind of guy, kind of meditating on, like, these beautiful women in his <laughs> in his in his neighborhood uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's really cute. Okay. Yeah. 
of course, when Harry met Sally. Sally that's I it. don't need yeah. to tell That's it, but it's an amazing movie. Yeah, and one of the few movies where I... Of course, you'd like Harry and Sally, sure. but I really love Jess and Maria. Yeah. They're, they're the two that you want to hang out with yeah. the most. Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher. Yes. Yeah. It's sad. Both of them are now gone. I so know. No, oh. It's really sad. But that's, a, it's, it's, that's such a great uh, romance movie because it's not typical at all. Like, mm-hmm. it really doesn't have those, you know, those trappings that a lot of those... Uh, a lot of romantic movies have. So, yeah. And I, I'd like to think it's because of Nora Ephron. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I think Sleeps in Seattle works so well. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's uh, Whereas You Got Mail, as as fun as it is and everything, it does have that trapping. You know? Yeah, I yeah. feel like You Got Mail came, by the time it came around, it was too aware of itself. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I read somewhere that said like Nora F at the end of, she, the end of, when Harry met Sally, had mm-hmm. a different ending. Oh, um, really? She wanted them to not be together because mm-hmm. that was more realistic. Sure. But I still think it, it, it works because they actually do really like each other. They and, do, yeah. And t- 12 it's, years. It's just unconventional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Frankie and Johnny. Yeah. Which I, yeah, I just love it. I think it's almost like a, a love letter to lonely people because mm-hmm. it's not just about... Michelle Pfeiffer and Al Pacino. Yeah. It's about Nathan Lane and is it Kate Madigan? I believe so. Kate, yeah. Yeah, and Hector Elizondo. Yeah. He's a great character actor. He's yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, and I just I that's I think my favorite Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. role. I just love how kind of vulnerable they are. Yeah. And especially Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. She was so fantastic in it. She really nailed it. And she did. Yeah. Yeah. So another one is Next Stop Wonderland. Have you no. seen it with um, Hope Davis? Mm-hmm. I don't know the lead actor's name, but um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is it really briefly. And it's really yeah, it was one of those like nineties Miramax romantic movies <laughs> that remember <laughs> that was yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So um yeah, she just is kind of uh, um is uh in Boston, she's this Boston nurse, just kind of like uh and her mom um, sets her up on um, these like blind dates mm-hmm. through like a telephone service. And this, this, that's how old oh, that's it is. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And so she and like her soulmate are kind of always like just missing each other. Right. In Boston. And yeah, it's really cute. Speaking of telephone, movies, I'm totally going to go off on tangent here. Yeah, but great. speaking of romance movies, Pillow Talk with Doris Day and um, Rock, Rock Hudson. Hudson. You watch that movie now, and people are like. What is a party line? Like, really? Like, people would share their own phone lines? It's totally foreign now. It's a yeah. chat. It's a chat. Group chat. Pretty much. That's a good yeah. point. We'd have to explain it like that. Yeah. It's a group but, chat. Yeah, yeah. I was, Mom, did they really have party lines? Like, yeah, we had a party line. That's just like, <laughs> someone else was on the phone. You had to wait. So, yeah. yeah, I remember doing on a party line with some friends. And we just gave up on it. Because yeah. it's too confusing. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have a creepy person on the party line, they're listening to your conversation. Yeah, you think someone hung up. Yeah. And you can kind of hear something. Yeah, exactly. You're like, are you there? <laughs> Someone's breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my next one is Cairo Time with Patricia Clarkson, and I don't remember this guy's name, but he mm. was in Deep Space Nine. Okay, <laughs> is it Alexander or something? But it's I love it. It's, just, it's a very slow, um, slow buildup of romance between them, and I love Patricia, Patricia Clarkson. And um, Alexander Stig. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. that's him. Yeah, um, they have really great, great chemistry together. Mm. And I just kind of love how kind of they slowly kind of come together. And, yeah, it's really mm-hmm. cute. Really mm-hmm. good. Of course, the apartment. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah. When you talk about it. The other one is um, this movie from 2010. It's a French comedy called Heartbreaker. And it's 
I remember hearing about it on the podcast Doug Loves Movies, and mm. Leonard Moulton was a guest, and he oh. mentioned that this French movie, it's a romantic comedy that's actually really funny, <laughs> and um, it's almost like a meta romantic comedy because mm. this this guy, he, it's um, a looking young guy. He and his sister and his sister's husband have this business where um, they'll break up a couple. Um, at the request of the woman's like um, family or friends, mm. so like if you have like a, f- a female friend who's with a total jerk, right. you know you'll pay them, and then he'll seduce her, but not in like a sleazy way. He'll just kind of happen to run into her right. and like build a connection with her, and then just say, you know what, like it's too late for me. I'm too much of a broken soul, but it's not too late for you. And just, just kind of <laughs> that's imp- a great premise. Yeah, like and it, just yeah. like empower her to mm-hmm. like do better and like right. that she deserves better. Um, but. The techniques, what a business. Yeah, yeah the right. techniques that he uses are so hilarious. That sounds great. Yeah, I, I yeah. still watch it, and mm-hmm. uh, Vanessa Paradis is in it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Perfect Sense. It's the same director as Hell or High Water. Okay. And it's with Eva Green and yeah. Ewan McGregor. Okay. I think it's a really sexy movie. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, the, He's a chef, and she's a scientist, and there's some strange virus that's slowly taking away people's senses Mm. so first it's like their smell then it's their taste Mm -hmm. and they kind of find love in the apocalypse Ah. so yeah it's it's really great really sexy Uh i think the other one is timer which i think i've um mentioned before where uh it's the new near future and people are for people that want to find their soulmates, they can have this timer implanted Mm -hmm. in their arm yeah and then they'll see if they're soulmate also has a timer then they'll see when they're gonna the exact time when they'll meet yes um, yeah you did mention something earlier yeah, yeah and i loved it yeah it's great premise it, yeah and because they really did a good job of um building the whole world where this timer has kind of taken on a life of its own and whether you have one or you don't whether you are against them it, it says something about you yeah and i mean there are people even guys that were fake timers it's almost like an engagement ring or a wedding ring right yeah mm-hmm. Um, the other one is Amira and Sam with oh, oh, Martin. Who is that guy that's in Silicon Valley? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He's in uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Yes. It's him, and I don't know the actress's name. But, uh, yeah, I just felt like it was these two unlikely people. They meet. They don't really understand each other. Martin Starr. Martin Starr. Yes. And they fall in love. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really cute, really authentic. Um, they have like an authentic connection. Mm-hmm. I really yeah, like him, so I'd like to, I'd probably like this. Yeah, because I I don't think of him as like a romantic lead, but in no. this movie, he's he's you you do see this like romantic guy that you're yeah. into. And I read an interview with him where he said that he had to make sure that people would believe that some a beautiful woman like her would be into yeah. him. Yeah, because <laughs> he he is courting her, you know, right. kind of in, in a way. Um, the other one is A Matter of Life and Death. Mm. Um, the classic uh, yes, British film. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh, my God. Every time I see yeah. the beginning, because they have to fall in love in this yeah. really, like, what, two, three minutes? Mm-hmm. And you, you really believe it, that she, that they would be kind of um, brought together by this moment where he thinks, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Right. And he's, like, quoting Andrew Marvel. And then he's a poet and, a like, a pilot. It's like, girl, walk it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Random Harvest, which we talked about, uh-huh. yes. Um, Always, a Steven Spielberg movie, oh, yeah. Yeah. one with um, Audrey Hepburn's last yeah. movie, Richard mm-hmm. Dreyfuss, Holly Hunter, yes. John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie, not just for the romance, but just how like life-affirming it is. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of these movies, they're not just about two people falling in love. Yeah. They're really about kind of seizing life and embracing life. Um, 
what else? Secretary mm. with Maggie Gyllenhaal yeah. and James That's Spader. an interesting one, yes. Yeah, what is this? It, it is, is very touching because they are very well matched. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Persuasion, Jane Austen. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne, the one with Steve Martin That's and, and Daryl Hannah. Yeah. yeah. Also very quotable. One interesting thing about that movie, um, I Daryl Hannah's fine in it, but I think they could have got anyone, like someone else to play her. Like she's very understated in that movie for mm-hmm. some He's amazing in it. Like he mm-hmm. definitely carries the film. But I almost feel like as good as she was in Splash... Like, she was kind of just kind of, eh, in Roxanne. I mean, it doesn't take away my enjoyment of yeah. the film. I just thought someone else might have been better as the Roxanne character. I don't know. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's funny because it's called Roxanne, but really it's almost like his movie. It, yeah, which, exactly. Yeah, but um, for the longest time, that character, the, the Steve Martin character, yeah. not the original Cyrano de Bergerac character, mm-hmm. but the Steve Martin character was, like, my template for, like, the dream man. Because yeah. <laughs> he's kind of everything. He he's does. Just, he can do anything. He can do anything, yeah. and he's... And he's funny, and he cares about the people of the town, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the guy, I forgot his name, but the the, the good-looking guy that mm-hmm. who she liked. Right. Some, yeah. yeah, he's in Top Gun. He's the oh, he he's uh, uh, Val Kemmer's buddy in oh, Top Gun. That's so yeah, funny. I can't remember his name. I think it's Rick something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so 80s. It is yeah, so 80s. The hair yeah. says and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, the other one is Mostly Martha. It's yeah. this uh, German movie, mm-hmm. and they remade it. Um, with Catherine Zeta-Jones okay. and Aaron Eckhart. Mm. But I love the the German one. She's this very kind of controlling chef in this fine oh, yeah, restaurant. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard about the remake. Yeah. Italian yeah. chef who just... I just love it. Yeah. yeah it's really cute. I love food. Okay. <laughs> and then the other one is a uh, Taiwanese movie called Three Times. Okay. And basically these two same actors play um, Fall in Love in three different time periods. Mm. It's basically about what factors, like time and circumstance, um, I guess, what brings people together and what keeps people apart. Okay. Yeah, it's very romantic. Mm-hmm. And the other three, they're more life-affirming than, than two people falling in love. Sure. Um, defending Your Life. I'm glad you said this because this is one of my favorite movies anyway that yeah, a lot of people haven't three. heard about. It's the movie that everyone is that has heard about and yeah. says they're going to see it, and they don't it's, see it. you got to see it. Yeah. It is a great movie. Yeah. Everyone, get off Woody Allen yeah. and get on Albert Brooks. Exactly. He, he is, I think he is able to kind of tap into what people's, like, fears and their insecurities and life, like, questions about life yeah. in a way that Woody Allen uh, yeah. No, no thanks. But it's yeah. so good. I mean, it, the chemistry between him and Meryl Streep is, is so good. She's so fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, the what I love about this movie is when they say, oh, it's about getting over your fears. But his character is not hiding out in a bunker at all. He's no. just going out into life. Right. And, but the movie shows how actually he was incredibly fearful yeah. throughout many parts of his life and how that kept him from achieving real happiness. Yeah. It's, it's really a... Um, no other movies like it, like, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. no cliches about it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I of course, I read, <laughs> I read an interview with Albert Brooks when he said, really, at the essence of that movie, the the message is it's it's never too late. Yeah, even exactly. if you think okay, everything has gone to shit, mm-hmm. I might as well just give up. Just try it one more time. Yeah. it might not work out, but it, it may work out. You yeah. don't know. Yeah, which I, I think is a great message. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so only two more. Yeah, yeah, no. Joe versus the volcano. Another life of every movie, uh-huh. and it's it's so unabashedly embraces like romance. And I think maybe at the time it was too corny or something. Mm. Maybe when it came out, people were like, "Oh no." Yeah. But just I can think of so many quotes in it that are just you. 
seem kind of saccharine, but in the context of the movie, it they works. really pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when Meg Ryan has that great monologue where she talks about how she's soul sick, and she's kind of apologizing to Tom Hanks about being kind of rude. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just so human and vulnerable. Yeah. Like, just two people laying it, laying it all out there. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater when I was a kid, so I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I, revisit I think, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Tom Hanks is great in it. Yeah. The last one, mm-hmm. Cinema Paradiso. It's... It's got the romance, but really it's about, it's got his relationship with mm-hmm. the um, the guy who runs the film projector, but also just about like life and loving movies, yeah. which is appropriate. Yes. Well, this is amazing as always. So thank you so much, <laughs> Josephine. So for this week with Gwen, we're going to talk about her favorite romance movies, romantic movies, whatever you want to call it, because it's right in time for Valentine's Day. So you have a, I think... Very timely. It is timely. We try to be as timely as possible. So uh, how many movies do you have this week? Um, as she furiously types her notes down that she, she has. I have one solid one. Okay. <laughs> and then another one that I'd like to include. Okay, so one one's a solid relationship, the other one it's kind of eh, you're kind of yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So let's, <laughs> let's start with the solid one first. Okay, my solid one is a room with a view. Ah, that's a great one. Have you seen it? I had I, years ago because yeah. it came what in eighty. It came out in nineteen eighty five. Ah, see. Yeah. Which I believe is it a remake of Rear Window or is it kind of? No, you know it's based on a novel by E. M. Forster. Okay. Um, and it was made by, you know, Ivory and Merchant, who made all oh. those period pieces. Um, so it's set in England and Italy. Okay. Um, but it's a beautiful uh, film. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because when I saw it, it was a time when a lot of people um, had known about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember one guy in college who said, you know, every time I ask like a woman, what's your favorite movie? And they would say Room with a View. Really? And he couldn't understand why. Huh. <laughs> well, this is before the notebook. Exactly. Yeah, Even so, better than the notebook. Yeah, see, there you go. Better than Titanic. Well, I, I think a lot of people would agree with, <laughs> with that one. At least it's an hour shorter. But it had a great cast. Oh, yeah. You know, it had Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. Dame Judy Dench. We did this oh, before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Excuse not me. Dame Judy Dench. Thank you. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yep. Julian Sands. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, Daniel Day-Lewis. That's right. And it's interesting because I remember this is the first time I saw Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, in a movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so mm-hmm. he played this character that was really stuffy, mm. really didn't have a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw a picture of him in The Last Mohicans, and I thought, no way. Yeah. No way. He's and, a very diverse actor. So. Yeah. And so I... You know, so he's my favorite oh, right. actor. Okay. Yeah, because he's one of those actors, I guess you call them method yeah. actors. Oh, he gets way into that it. That can yeah. just like transform mm-hmm. himself into the character. And from what I read about Daniel Day Lewis, he really gets into the character so much so that, you know, he'll um, be in like a jail for so many days. Right. Or have someone 
throw cold water mm -hmm. on him if he's playing like a certain, you know, role that right. requires it. And he lost like 30 pounds. For this role? For a certain role. Not for oh, this role, okay. but for certain roles. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it's really interesting to see this kind of actor transform sure. from this period piece that sat in like Edwardian, you know, England mm -hmm. um, to something like Last of the Mohicans or, or even The Boxer. Yeah, or uh, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was a good movie, well, by the way. It, I, I think you mentioned it before. And then did you ever see My Left Foot? Uh, I think he won an Academy on, Award for yeah, that. He yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think this is one of my all-time favorites. Really? In general? Or just romance? All-time favorite romance movie? Good question. Yeah, see? <laughs> Damn good movie <laughs> I memory. I wouldn't yeah. say it's my Desert Island sure. film, but it is up there. It's up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And look, it's been around for, what, more than Almost 20 years? 30 years? 30 years. years. Yeah. That's, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very timely. Yeah. Okay, so that's your hard, that's your good one. Yeah. Okay, so what is what is your, eh, I kind of well, like them, I kind of don't like them. I like <laughs> this one. It's just there's a certain scene that, that always comes to mind for me in this particular movie. Okay. So this, the movie is Love Actually. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this was 2003. It was one of those Christmas-themed mm -hmm. romantic comedies. And um, uh, Lincoln, oh, what was his name? Um, the guy from The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. um, That's got a great cast. Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln, mm -hmm. yes. So Andrew Lincoln is in this film, mm -hmm. and he plays the best friend of this couple. Mm. And the woman is played by Kira Knightley, mm -hmm. which I'm not not a fan. Not a fan. Okay. <laughs> but there is this one really good scene. Have you seen it? Uh, you know, actually, I have not. <laughs> oh well, actually, you should go see it. I may love actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, there was this one particular scene where Andrew Lincoln, he um, creates these like big cards and he had written something on it mm -hmm. and um, he had a crush on this girl, mm -hmm. but his best friend married her mm. and he never showed that he liked her. He always like showed that he hated her and everything, but deep down he had a crush on her and everything. And so finally, when he does tell her, he tells her through um, these messages that mm. he had written on like a big poster board. <laughs> okay. And so he knocks on the door, um, you know, of this couple's house. Mm -hmm. She opens it, and he ends up playing a Christmas carol on you know a little cassette mm -hmm. boombox, <laughs> and. Has the messages, you know. Um, so it's a very memorable scene. Mm -hmm. I guess in some ways, like... Um, so it's also a holiday movie, kind of, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, it's kind of like um, in Say Anything, you know, that memorable scene. With the boombox, yeah. With the boombox and um, John Cusack uh -huh. holding it up. Yes. And um, or the, like the Peter ending... Gabriel song. Yeah, as, um, In Your Eyes. Yes. 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 Did you ever see that In Excess video? I forgot which one it was. It might have been Need You Tonight or one of them where they're just showing all the, the cards. And they're just, it, the whole video is just words on a card. 
or words on mm-hmm. cards, and then every everyone kind of comes and has their own cards, and they just keep throwing them on the ground. I'm sure I've seen. I'm sure you've seen. <laughs> I, it might be need you tonight. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to check. But yeah. So those are my main movies. Um, those are good. Most of them. Most of the movies that I've seen that I thought was really great, mm-hmm. like romance movies, yeah. are more like foreign films oh, that okay. were made in, you know, like. France and Italy. Sure. So, um, yeah, so I think they make really good films because they're always like tragic endings, and I like tragic endings. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, well, when we do the tragic None ending... None of this happy ever after. I know, geez. So, well, you could have said The Prince's Bride. It's yeah, not a that's traditional true. love yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. May yeah. picked that. He, he kind of combined it. Oh yeah, and a lot of things, but he oh, had a, nice. he had a long list. Yeah, that's great. Is I'm sure you'll be before him. So you, uh, teaser to come, folks. So yeah, <laughs> but those are good picks. Yeah, well, thank you very much. All right, <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> actually. Okay, we're going to get in the spirit of Valentine's Day, sort of. This is probably the least enthusiastic <laughs> Malin's going to ever be, but we're going to do your favorite romantic movies. Yeah, for anyone who's like, idea of Valentine's Day is like a bitter pill that you have to swallow mm-hmm. in order for Hallmark to get a couple of cents, <laughs> um, this might be your list. So I was looking at my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and I was trying to think, gosh, do I have any favorites that stand out as like romantic films? Right. I, it's like a roadblock. So <laughs> there are no uh, horror romantic movies. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. what I. So the way that I rethought about it, yeah, because I needed a, a cop out. Um, <laughs> was so these are movies with romance in them, mm. not necessarily romantic movies. So these. So might, that's okay. That's yeah. And some of these might be really off-putting to some people. That's okay. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, like, we, we include everyone on this podcast. So, and I, yeah, yeah I want to hear. You find love where you find it. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so the, I do have, at the top of my list, now having, all, having said all of that, I do have one movie that is genuinely romantic. Okay. Um, Beautiful Thing, which is a little known British film from, I think, the 19, it's got to be like early 90s, probably, maybe late 80s, and it's about uh, two guys who are growing up in a community housing project, these towers in like, probably the east side of London. Mm-hmm. Um and anyway, it's just, for the time that it was written and filmed, it is just outrageously optimistic mm. for a same-sex romance and love story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just beautiful. And it's a little bit uh, quirky and fantastic, and they have a lot of uh, songs and soundtrack from the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, cool. So, um, but anyway, and it's... Uh, because I don't know that anybody's going to have seen this or will necessarily mm-hmm. see it. I don't even know if it's easy to find nowadays. But um, I think the reason it really strikes a chord for me is when I first saw it, I was about the same age as the two leads in it. And the romance that develops was so kind of, had so many uh, very close parallels to my own kind of first romance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always think back at that with not just a lot of nostalgia 
uh, about the film being as optimistic as it was during very very dark times in the U.S. Even, right. but time and place. Yeah, and, and well, we had talked well. about this on other podcasts. You know, a lot of movies you may yeah. like or not like based on how, how you're feeling, even that day. You know, yeah. um, and so they, it came out in 1996. 96, yeah. right? So. Which totally makes sense because I had my first romance in like there you 94, go. 95, 96, uh-huh. and then that came out. And um, yeah, and I just kind of have always loved it. And it it's so optimistic that at the very end, mm-hmm. they have this scene where the two, you know, they go through the stuff and then they come, to, uh, come together at the end. And they end up dancing in the middle of this courtyard in a, a community housing project in East London in the 90s to... A song from the Mamas and the Papas. <laughs> it was just, I, just groundbreaking. Yeah, just groundbreaking. Um, yeah, so a very special. That's film. good. Now, yeah. If I were to see it now, uh-huh. without any of the history when I saw it, I I don't know. I'd probably think it was just ridiculous mm-hmm. and corny. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to see it again. But I think it may have lost a bit of his bite when I saw it. It was that may come up in shattered. an episode when we are going to do movies that you liked. When you were younger, and then you rewatch them now, and they don't have have the same uh, effect on you, or you don't like yeah. them as much. That that might be one to I've revisit. Got lots of those. Yeah, but I'll have to see it again to find out if it passes. Yeah, the test of time. Maybe another good romantic film though that I have on my list is Princess Bride. And sure, I, I know I've brought that up before, and, and sure it is a favorite on this podcast for many. How could it not be? <laughs> it's, it's a super have fun, fun movie. Storming the castle, indeed. I know. You know, like, <laughs> and it's not your traditional. Actually, the story is your traditional romance. It is. But the, the way yeah. it goes about it is not traditional. Yeah. So. And that plus, uh, if nothing else, it is one of two or three perfect films to see when you're sick. Because, right, Fred Savage is sick at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great movie to watch when you're sick. Even better if you're sick on a rainy day. Yeah. That's the film to see. It's like Columbo meets the Wonder Years. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, let's, let's get the happy stuff out of the yeah. way. Okay, so uh, comedies, mm-hmm. War of the Roses. What a brilliant romance. And the thing I like about it is it kind of follows off of Jungle, or what is it, Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, and Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone. And then you have the same creative staff uh-huh. uh, cast with DeVito, uh, Kathleen, Turner, Kathleen Turner, and Michael and Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yep. And they just they work so well together. They do. And those are the only three movies they did, I think, all together. Um, yeah. yeah. After War of the Roses... Um, the, well, I know my parents absolutely adored uh, Romance in a Stone and to a lesser extent Jewel now but they didn't like War of the Roses for some reason yeah, it was, too dark it was one, but. such a complete turn it is. in tone and subject matter I don't think mm-hmm. uh, even when I was a kid and I first saw it I didn't like it nearly as much as I do now oh, okay. but I think you know uh, if you've been in a relationship for a while eventually you're going to th- and you watch that movie, you think, oh my gosh, yeah, am I becoming Kathleen Turner? There was a time when like, I was like, I was becoming like uh-huh. the over-obsessed housefrau. And I was like, <laughs> had to step back and think, mm-hmm. there's got to be other stuff. Maybe I should distract myself with some other things and think about how that's affecting the relationship. Anyway, sure. anyway. So great relationship lessons mm-hmm. come out of War of the Roses. You know, as long as you don't like follow them to the well, end. Yeah. <laughs> Not precisely, but yeah. Yeah, and it's a hilarious movie. Um, okay, some off-the-beaten-path ones. Uh, Crying Game? Yeah, Have you definitely. Seen oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's a, that one was one that I had to see a few times. I saw it the first time, totally threw me mm-hmm. um, for a loop. 
and I didn't know if it was in a good way or a bad way at the yeah. time, but it was in enough of a significant way that I went back and saw it more than once after yeah. that, and eventually figured it out. It was one of the early, not early, but uh, one of those gotcha movies where everyone yeah. ta is talking about, well, you got to see it because there's there's a twist in there that uh, right. uh, you, you have to see. And then it was pre-internet, too, so it was more word of mouth than anything, which right. I think helped it because now everybody, it would have gotten out. Everyone was, would have known no, it was a spoiler. Absolutely. Yeah, so. And then the um, one thing I noticed years later, more recently, mm -hmm. um, I saw The Crying Game on iTunes. The Apple blurb, the synopsis, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's true now, but at the time that I saw it, had a very explicit description of the film, including the gotcha giveaway. They actually oh, included that uh -huh. on the synopsis on iTunes. First thing you would see. Really? If, you know, if Americans could be bothered to read that much. Sure, that's a good know, point. <laughs> you know, good point. There would be very, almost no point in seeing the film. Although yeah. I, I wonder if you knew what was going to happen, would you be able to concentrate more mm -hmm. on the romantic angle of it, which is not a true romance no. anyway. Um, but I think that's what it I makes it like about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm trying to remember... I, I think I kind of knew, but I didn't know when I saw it. Because I didn't see it when it first came out. I probably saw it a few years later. Like, we, oh. we had rented it. Um, but And I still enjoyed it regardless of kind of knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think knowing or not, but you're right. Nobody's going to read the description. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I remember at the time there were a lot of, like, jokes and jibes and things like um, parody TV sure. or whatever. absolutely. So you would see, but they, they were usually kind of good about not completely giving it away. Yeah. Kind of, like... Joking on um, the fact that there was a gotcha, yeah. not necessarily exactly what, know, yeah. spelling it out. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I don't know if I want to go through all of these. Another one that's um, off the beaten path, Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. That's a fucked up romance. It is. It is. <laughs> um, and it certainly doesn't end well, but uh, I like it a lot. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a... I, it's not. I wouldn't even say it's a guilty pleasure. I just think it's a really, really excellent movie. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't even know if anybody even thinks about it or likes it or it was kind of like in and out of the theaters. And... I, I remember. I, I think I saw it once a long time ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came out in nineteen ninety nine. I think people come back to it probably because of Matt Damon. Right. But yeah, that is a totally that is a screwed up movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> I just... And then Matt Damon and Jude Law are fantastic fantastic in it yeah. considering the complexity of that relationship mm -hmm. and that um and i can't remember, i remember the boat like there's a boat like, there's a boat. boat yeah 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 so, yeah there's a, no, it's a good movie. major That's... set piece of the boat yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's> like... <laughs> i need to revisit it but i just remember it was um it's definitely enthralling to watch yeah so, yeah that's one i that's one that i Saw in the theater when it first came out. It was right around the same time as uh, being John Malkovich. I think I saw them within. Which like, is a great movie. Yeah, a really great movie. Um, I think I saw them within a short period of one another, in the same theater mm -hmm. um, while I was living in Monterey, which is, uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and they just had both of them had like a really powerful effect on me. Mm -hmm. And now when I look back, they kind of taking me back to that time when I was living in Monterey, hyper-conservative area, mm. not a lot of great, um, interesting stuff yeah. going mm -hmm. on. Yeah, and interesting conversations. But then mm -hmm. every once in a while you have like an escape. And, sure. Yeah, so thank God for cinema. <laughs> um, okay, so what was I talking about? Talon, Mr. Ripley? Yes. Uh, okay, so The Pillow Book. 
Have you seen the Pilgrim? No. Okay, so that's a Greenaway film. That's one of my um, favorite directors uh, that in a lot of ways defies category, so I haven't been able to talk about him too much um, during these little chats. Mm-hmm. So the Pillow Book is... Uh, it is... 96. Very difficult to describe um, without having seen it okay. uh, in a while. Um, it is a romance... Um, but it's a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the romantic angle is a translator who speaks a great many number of languages and uh, apparently adapts to them very quickly. Mm. Falls in love with a woman who is um, has a fetish for uh, writing on her body. And it's mm. not as simple as that. Um, there are reasons for that um, in terms of the film narrative where she develops that fetish. Mm-hmm. And there are also reasons why the filmmaker is so obsessed with the idea of text um, as a fetish um, and the kind of artistic application of that onto the body of the canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so a she's painting or is she just like... Painting. Okay. Yeah, usually yeah. in um, calligraphy, mm. kanji. And but uh, because he's a translator, she becomes attracted to him because he can write on her in a great number right. of languages mm-hmm. and all of this. And it becomes a very, very complex love story and then a very complex revenge story. Mm. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic. And it pushes the boundaries of the cinematic medium in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. as at the time it did. And I think it still does. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's something to, it's something to check out. Yeah, that sounds really sure. interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so Pillow Book, uh, Wings of Desire. Have you seen that? Mm. German film by Wim Wenders. Okay. Uh, 1987. Hey, you got the year. Thank you. I yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I do know the, the year. For, so I saw that in the theaters when it first came out, and I was probably younger than most people. I was definitely younger than the demographic audience. It's mm-hmm. a black and white film. Mm. It does a reverse Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. It starts black and white as a love story mm-hmm. between an angel and a circus performer. Mm-hmm. And the angels, you get to kind of uh, explore the world and Berlin mm-hmm. as a representative of the world at the time, mm-hmm. the late 80s, before the wall falls. Um, <clears throat> it's all black and white. So they see the world in black and white. Mm-hmm. And as he falls in love with her, he makes the decision to come out, come out of the clouds and become a man. Mm-hmm. And then the world becomes color to him. Um, and so that's the reverse Wizard of Oz. Okay. Um, beautiful film, um, but it's a weird one because even though it's a romance, so much of the film is caught up in the poetry of how the angels understand and explore the world from a distance. Um, and they use black and white as a tool to reinforce like the alienation and the distance between angels and real life so that the audience can actually kind of understand that mm-hmm. separation. Very fascinating. Yeah. Um, beautiful film. Um, one of, And one of my two or three all-time favorites. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. But really kind of weird. Um, okay, and then very quickly, yeah. because I know it's taking way See, too long. I thought this was going to be a five-minute interview. No, you always have. I you're love, always prepared. I do love. I do love fucked-up romances, <laughs> which I, okay. I guess, like that's the. <laughs> that's okay. We're we're in everything here. Um, so I've saved some fucked-up romances <laughs> for last. Okay, these are really good ones. Because um, now we're going into David Lynch, and he does oh, not yeah. do straightforward romance. No, he does so not. Uh, Blue I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I wanted to include on the most quotable. Oh yeah, that would have been a good uh, one. 
Yeah, but how do you decide? Because all know. the quotes are so profane, I and know. but they're so memorable. But anyway, and, and so is the romance oh, yeah. in it. Even though it's if it's not completely understandable for most of the film, it's actually kind of damaging oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. To, yeah. to the people in it, and I think the people watching it. But um, for its time, another groundbreaking oh, romance yeah. because it twisted the love story in such a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, it's a mystery. Oh, it's a love story. Is it a love story about the two people who are in this horrible, abusive mm-hmm. relationship? Or is it a love story about these two wholesome teens who are kind of like becoming the Nancy Drew and Hardy Boy investigators? Right. But then you realize, no, it's not that simple because then he becomes a part of this fucked up relationship yeah. with uh, the victim of the abusive relationship. And he even gets drawn into that. So these, uh, what initially appear to be diametrically opposed, abusive versus wholesome relationships, a bridge develops between them and you kind of have to second guess and rethink every relationship and the distance between them because they can morph into one. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so that one I kind of like. Well, I just love that Ingrid Bergman's daughter is in it. Oh, Isabella Rosini. And she's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. You, know, you see that and you think, how did she have the guts to go out on oh, yeah, a line that. like that? Totally. All right. I have more on my list, but I'll, I'll let we'll, you know. We'll cut it off here? Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Mayo. Okay. <laughs> For this week's episode, we're going to do romance movies. Hi. And, and Enrique is here to give me her favorite romantic movies um, because this should post probably the Saturday before Valentine's Day. So. Yeah. Um, so there's so many like that you get exposed to as a young woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like a rite of passage, right? Yeah. Um, but... There's, I guess, two old ones that really stick out old. They're not that old. <laughs> We're going to see how old these are. Yeah. One is West Side Story. That's really, that's old? That's early 60s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people love it because it's a musical. Yeah. But I really love the whole, you know, it's very emotional mm-hmm. in terms of the romance. Yeah. It's not like, I don't know, uh... I don't, I don't know. It's not like a romantic comedy. It's, no, it's a no. tragedy. Yep. So the romance is very like over the top. Sure. And like very Broadway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also very passionate and mm-hmm. like I don't know. He's when he sings, you can really like feel it, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Yeah. I love West Side Story. I love how everybody dies. Do you have the soundtrack? You know, I'm of surprised course. you picked that as a soundtrack. I should have. I think I was on. I think I listed like six movies. Uh, yeah, that, it's so tough to do. It yeah. would have been on mm-hmm. there. I was one of the first like musicals that I saw. Loved it as well, and mm-hmm. it's also kind of cheeky and yeah. you know, like conversation about immigrants and mm-hmm. you know. I just loved it. Yeah, I think it's great. It stands the test of time, and it does. And because it's based on like the most uh, profound love story of. Mankind, you know, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it kind of recontextualizes it mm-hmm. a little bit, and, and it takes place in New York City. Yeah, which for me is 
that's the backdrop hometown. to every great love story <laughs> happens in New York. Because <laughs> everybody I know fell in love in New York. That's <laughs> See, we have the two coasts here represented. <laughs> I think that's, that's great. Okay, so what, what is the other one? Oh, The English Patient. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't really like it hmm. the first time I saw it. Okay. I think I was too young. And did you eventually read the book? I never read the book. Okay. It's a very long movie. It's yeah. like almost four hours. <laughs> yeah. I think somebody picked that as their... Uh, too long. Too long of a movie, yeah. Yeah. I don't... You know, and I don't remember the end. Hmm. I, I, the bulk of the story is kind of told in, in flashbacks. Yeah. So I don't really remember like how it's how it resolves. <laughs> and honestly, I don't either. So. But I remember yeah. feeling very, very... Con- I just remember feeling very connected to, like, the love story. Mm. It's very it's very hard to capture my, like, attention with love stories because I think some of them are based... are really shallow okay. and they're, like, not really based in the foundations of, like, real human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, West Side Story, their love isn't based in anything except yeah. it's a love at first sight tale and this is kind of the opposite where... I'm glad you have both sides on that. Yeah, where they good. kind of fall in love through this healing process. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... Which is very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, those are the two older ones. Okay. And I don't know. There's a lot of modern love stories that I like for the specific reason that they're shallow. Mm-hmm. Like The Wedding Planner is one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> you mentioned that. So, uh, no, why is that? Why do I like yeah. The Wedding Planner? Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> I identified with her. She's an Italian. Mm-hmm. She's a daughter of Italian immigrants. She's very, she's a perfectionist. She's very, like, a control, very mm-hmm. much a control freak. And she falls in love with a uh, scientist. Mm. <laughs> and that's, like, well, my that life. that sounds like your life. Yes, very good. Yeah. So, you know, he's not a scientist. He's a doctor. Okay. But close enough. Close I mean, enough. we're splitting hairs at that point. So. I also like the whole idea of, like, you don't choose who you connect um, with uh-huh. necessarily. And that story kind of is, like, that's the person mm-hmm. that was get, that was like for her, even though the the circumstances were very unfortunate because she was planning his wedding to a different woman. That's right. But you know, you learn, and I like how they expose throughout the movie. It's not just like he's an asshole and he like cheats on her mm-hmm. on his fiance. It's mm-hmm. like you they you learn throughout the story that like their connection was never really there. There, yeah. or it was there at one point. They mm-hmm. were like one of those couples that was they were together in like college and they stayed together for, like ten years and. She was kind of very, very different, growing very different from him. Yeah. I don't know. Very, it was a little less shallow mm-hmm. than, I don't know, other love stories. Of the time. Yeah, yeah. Are there any rom-coms that are... Uh, I think that was a romantic okay. comedy. Rom-coms, to me, are all the same. Even though you do enjoy them, Even like, like Runaway them. Bride and things like that. Runaway Bride I liked a lot. It's yeah. another story of, like, two people who shouldn't. Yeah wind up together who kind of do mm-hmm. and it's Richard Gere like you can he can eat a sandwich yeah have I ever said that <laughs> no <laughs> Listen, <laughs> in all not, these interviews no, I've never said I've, that no so, we've never discussed just, your love of Richard Gere let's <laughs> let's start okay so well I was referring to the eating a sandwich thing yeah my I have one of my best friends my best friend in the world her name's Sarah mm-hmm. always said you know of all of her favorite actors, celebrities, that if she truly loves them, Mm -hmm. she could watch them eat a sandwich. Like, (laughs) they could do anything, and she would, like, watch intently. Sure. Meryl Streep is one of those people for her. Richard Gere is one of those people for for me. And I don't know why. 
I don't find him necessarily very attractive. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's the New York accent mm-hmm. combined with. I don't know. He's he he likes to throw his hands up in the air, and I like that. <laughs> I just saw a movie with him and Kim Basinger from the mid '80s, where it's like he plays a, a cop undercover trying to save. Kim Basinger from this mobster that has a control. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's still fun. But he does do, like, <coughs> the kind of annoying, misogynistic, sexist trope of, like, mm-hmm. will save the woman from her shortcomings. Pretty woman. And, like, and even, like, Runaway Bride. Yeah, She has all point. of these issues with connecting with men, and instead of, you know, finding her individuality, she kind of just adapts to whatever the men she falls in love with want. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's this line that's really interesting in, in Runaway Bride where they're arguing and he's accusing her of, like, just losing herself in all these relationships. Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, that's called changing your mind. And he's like, no, that's called not having a mind of your own. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's this moment. Uh, it's like trying to be feminist. Right. But it's also, like, the only people that can save her are... Or the men, you know, whatever. She can't get herself out of like, it. Yeah, yeah. It takes a man to show her, you know. Right. So if you had he to does choo- that a lot. So if you had to choose between Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride, I, I'm Pretty Woman is more classic. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I liked them better in Runaway Bride because they were a little older. Okay. The story was a little, you know, uh, Joan Cusack was in it. Yeah, she's well, hilarious. She's great everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot of good cameos in it. It yeah. was a cute rom com. And it's actually kind of the uh, the dark horse where everyone thinks a pretty woman, but Runaway Bride is probably I like the it. favorites of many. I like it. I do. I do. Yeah. I've talked about it before. Yes. I also really like Trainwreck, but mm-hmm. I like um, a modern day. She totally goes against the uh, your tip. It, there are pitfalls of the movie because you have to follow a, kind of a certain structure with uh, romantic comedies. Yeah. But for the most part, it avoids it, and that, I think that's why yeah. it's successful. Well, I liked um, more than anything the whole like. I didn't like how she kind of shamed herself for a lot of her yeah. behavior. That's just an Amy Schumer thing that I don't love. Sure. Um, she claims that she's kind of. Liberating the like the woman, the female independence and mm-hmm. sexuality and all that, but most of her comedy is like shaming herself for doing that thing, yeah. those types of things, and that's why it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of lost its joke on me. She's changed her style from I remember in the beginning it was kind of just all self-deprecating, yeah, yeah. And, and all dick jokes type of type of yeah. thing. Um, but she's definitely progressed, I think, um, as she's right. gotten more popular. Too. The best part about train wreck mm-hmm. is the male character mm, um yeah um god i can't his name is lebron coming. is in it and yeah. it's wonderful uh, yeah he's a great but bill hater hater yes i don't i don't like bill haters mm-hmm. comedy but that character the way it was it's well that done. is one of the best male characters written mm-hmm. in like i don't know a very long time yeah and colin um god what's his name colin, colin. he plays her dad yeah um, oh and her father's yeah. character is really colin great quinn yeah, the men, she writes men really well. Yeah. Um, without making, uh, women that write romantic comedies tend to vilify men mm-hmm. in a way that, I don't know, it makes you kind of feel like it's just trying to say all men are awful and right. like women should be free mm-hmm. of that. But it's like, I don't know, there, there's lots of, compl- it's, it's complicated. Um, 
we from the '80s podcast, we were talking about some of the um, key directors, and two of them are female. One, a- Amy Heckerling, who did uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and eventually Clueless, mm-hmm. and Martha Coolidge, who did Valley Girl, which is a romantic mm-hmm. movie, and then a Real Genius. Well, uh, Valley Girl kind of goes against that. I mean, I think she really softens um, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, um, and. You know, Clueless is yeah. great. Yeah, it is. It really is. Paul Rudd's character. Terrific. Right, like, yeah. all of these kind of, quote, nice guys mm-hmm. that are also, like, that are extremely patient and are very kind mm-hmm. and respectful of all types of characters. Yeah, yeah. Female characters, mm-hmm. specifically. I think it just doesn't happen enough in movies, mm-hmm. you know, where... That relationship is the this, the good one and yeah. the most um, fulfilling one for the female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Which I think why, is why Nora Ephron's movies probably do so well with Sleepless yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, I love, I love Nora yeah. Ephron. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's also some trouble with, like, I don't know, You've Got Mail and some of those. There movies. is, but part of that's not her fault because it's it's a remake. I mean, that's Shop Around the Corner yeah. is the original. So yeah, you kind of have to hold a little bit true but yeah uh, but I think that's why I slightly lean towards it's like she wanted to make shop around the corner Mm -hmm. but like give the woman a little more of a sense of empowerment which it's 95 (laughs) you should you know that's um but yeah Yeah. I think that there's that obnoxious like you know thing that nice guys finish last that, Mm -hmm. that kind of circulates around the internet and gives all these dudes like feel like they have the um I don't know the right to. No, no, yeah, that's. I think in general, nice people is <laughs> more like nice people finish last. Or not it? even yeah. like nice people are not always just nice people, mm-hmm. and just because you're nice doesn't mean you're entitled to somebody's no, affection. Not. No, not at all. And that's um, where movies kind of fail. Something. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I kind of like about uh, movies like Trainwreck yeah. and Clueless is like the, those people. They're very very nice. Mm-hmm. But they don't have that sense of, like, anger or frustration with the protagonists mm-hmm. for not reciprocating the feelings immediately. Right. There's kind of, like, a sense of, of patience and respect mm-hmm. and boundaries and, like, they want to be that girl's friend. Right. Even though there is not, like... It's not working. Mm-hmm. But then it eventually works, you know, because... That's where it falls back into the romantic... Uh, tr- yeah. You know, pitfall, yeah. But I don't know if it's a pitfall. I think it's a point that's made mm-hmm. in in some movies where they're like, hey, this girl needs to realize her worth first mm-hmm. before she can recognize a relationship that's founded in respect. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that story. Right. And it's also where Wedding Plan... Uh, Runaway Bride tries to go. Right. Except it falls back on the like only a man can 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 teach you that Mm -hmm. like her relationship with the new guy is the only you know now that i'm remembering the narrative that's not it does that first Mm -hmm. where she like falls in love with richard Gere and is like super happy and enjoying everything they're gonna get married Mm -hmm. and she still runs away right and the reason why she still runs away is because she still didn't get to experience her opinion, right. like her own experience of life. Mm-hmm. He gets pissed off at her and shames her for that, mm-hmm. but then she comes back to his apartment at the end and is like, let me explain to you why I left you, because right. I needed to figure out what type of eggs I liked mm-hmm. by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Without you being like, you don't know what type of eggs you like, you need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I need to figure it out on my own. 
And then they dance to Miles Davis, and there's a cat, and it's adorable. <laughs> you got to tie up it. And it ends. <laughs> but like, end. that was the worst part of it. Was that that should have been a much bigger exclamation sure. point? Thank you, Enrique. You're welcome. All right, as always, thank you so much to everyone who agreed to be interviewed. The podcast just wouldn't be the same without you. Now, I have a ton of other movies that could have made it, and so I will run through them quick because we need to wrap this up. So other romantic movies that didn't make my top 11 list but very well could have is As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Terrific romantic comedy and definitely unorthodox. The three Doris Day and Rock Hudson movies are definitely worth putting in, but I couldn't really decide which one was my favorite. I probably leaned to Pillow Talk, but I, I just couldn't put them in, but they're honorable mentions. Uh, Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Again, I, I kind of had to make Sophie's Choice, so I went with only two Drew Bar- Barrymore movies, so sorry, Never Been Kissed. Uh, Philadelphia Story, which is a great love triangle between Cary Grant, Katherine Hepburn, and Jimmy Stewart. Great movie. Roman Holiday. This was, again, a Sophie's Choice between Sabrina and Roman Holiday, and I leaned towards Sabrina. Uh, Roxanne, which is another great movie. Steve Martin, who was good in everything in the 80s with Daryl Hannah. Definitely worth checking out. She's Out of My League. That's a that's a newer one. Um, I, can't, I can't think of any of their names right now, but um, it's definitely worth checking out if you kind of like a, a romantic, super bad type comedy. Um, 16 Candles. This was tough to leave out, um, but even though it is a romantic movie, they really don't sync up until the end, so it's I left it out. Splash now. If if Splash was one of my favorites going up with Tom Hanks and, and Daryl Hannah playing the mermaid. I think uh her name Madison probably kids being named Madison. Valley Girl. We'll see if I think when we probably would pick Valley Girl if she picks anything if she's on the podcast this week. So honorable mention to Valley Girl. And then this was another tough one to leave out, Sleepless in Seattle. I, again, that's my favorite Nora Ephron movie. All right. Now for the plugs. You got to go to iTunes. And even if you don't leave a review, you can still click rate to to rate the show. And hopefully it's five stars because hopefully you enjoy this. All you have to do is have an iTunes account. You find our podcast there and you click the five star button. Once you do that, it boosts our ratings, which means more people can hear us and enjoy this fun content. All right. So go to iTunes and at least rate the show. The other way, you can subscribe on Podbean, or you can just simply listen to the show on Podbean. Anyway, go to damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. You can also go to YouTube. We do have content there. And, of course, join the Facebook page, because then you will hear about the latest updates and join in on the discussion. Okay, until next week, this is Brian signing off. <laughs>